Hi, I'm Opa Hasia Wise, author of the new novel, No Place to Hide. I'm going to tell you a story of my life in just a few moments, but first I'm going to ask you a question. What do you believe in? You see, I remember growing up and hearing that there were a couple of ways to view the world. The first says that I can view the world at pretty much face value. Kind of like the old adage, what you see is what you get. In other words, there is nothing hidden. Everything in the world is concrete. Do you believe that? The second way is to view the world that says and allows for our imagination to see beyond what is and to move into an unknown place, a place that doesn't exist in our physical world, at least not yet. In other words, we can see a future where anything we imagine has the potential to be called into existence. Do you believe that? So here's the story. For most of my life, I bought into the first world view, which says, what you see is what you get. Perhaps it was my upbringing which contributed to the belief. My father, you see, was in the military, and my family traveled across the fabric of the United States and Europe. In fact, within the first six months of my birth, my parents moved to Germany. And because both of my parents worked, I was graced with a wonderful German-speaking woman who served as my nanny during the day. And of course, children can learn new languages in, in a minute, right? The unexpected consequence of having a German-speaking nanny was that I a young African and Native American child learned to speak as her first language, German. And according to my mother, I found it nearly impossible to communicate with my English-speaking only parents. My mom used to say that she often felt helpless to understand me and would call my nanny, place my ear to the receiver in order to listen to what my nanny had to say so that she could determine what it was that I needed or wanted. That went on for a few years. And yet over time, my mom and my dad adjusted to my new language and learned a bit of German as well. After returning to the United States in the 1960s, my family settled in the state of Georgia for a couple of years. They no longer saw my German language as something to be proud of, but instead feared for me. After all, we were moving back to a very racist America. So they worked hard, hard to ensure that I learned and spoke only English, attempting to reassure people around them that they were a normal, all-American-speaking, English-speaking-only family. The result of their efforts? Well, with the Southern drawl, I learned more English than German, and it was just enough to fit in. But here's the thing. I really didn't fit in. I remember feeling somehow different, feeling like I was an other. And as a result, when not in school, I spent time alone in my room. Now, probably because I was always the new kid traveling from one army base to the next, all through elementary, junior high school, and high school, 
I was considered the odd kid out. I eventually lost all of my German language, and once we moved to the northern states, I lost the southern drawl. In the northern states, however, my skin was too light for black kids and too brown for white kids, my hair too kinky for white kids and too straight for black kids. I was treated, yes, as an other, and again, I spent most of my time alone, reading and writing. As an adult, I looked at life all through the lens of my life experience, personality, and even some social conditioning. And I now realize that those filters had an impact on whether I believed in a universe that was full of abundance and endless possibilities, or believed it to be a universe with just a enough finite range of options, limitations, and was full of lack. Thankfully, over the past few years, I've moved from the face value perspective to a space where I allowed my imagination to see beyond what I think I see. I see a world where there are limitless potential outcomes which can align to my own unique energy signature. And I've got to tell you, it's a lot more fun and adventuresome to live from this place of expansion. All it takes is a willingness to open up to a greater version of oneself, which will create a more meaningful life. We just have to be able to imagine it. You know, I'm reminded of Walt Disney. He lived from the place of imagination as well. He followed his passion, a love of drawing. He then used his imagination to see beyond his circumstance and instead imagined into existence what had not been created yet. Disney Studios. And then came Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, Epcot Center. His list, well, it's endless. And from that same place of imagination, my novel was birthed. A book that straddles the fiction and nonfiction world. Little did I know back then that blurring the lines between the two genres is not typically something that's done, and it can create havoc for a publisher. All you have to do is ask mine. It has been a challenge to find an appropriate niche that incorporates not only crime drama, but spirituality and self-help. Yet this is the thing. Big and little dreams do happen. And you don't have to be anyone special or have any superpower at all. Neither Walt Disney or I had to feel worthy or appreciate what we already had, although I would suggest that gratitude is a great way to start the day. It does, in fact, set the tone. Nor did he or I have to learn to love ourselves. Believe it or not, that will come along the way as you learn that indeed you really are superhuman and that you are someone special. Now, neither of us had to wear a crown over our heads, a proverbial halo, a halo much too heavy to wear, in order to imagine our way into what we wanted for our lives. For Walt, He decided to try something new, 
allowed his imagination to rule his days and act as if it had already happened. Following inspired thought, in no time Disney Studios was created. And for me, I imagined that it, what it would be like to write a novel and then sat down and started writing and then had to rewrite and then rewrite again. I started each day similar to, to Walt Disney, acting as if, in my case, the novel had already been written. I acted as if the perfect editor had appeared to help this novel sing its melody to the world, and I acted as if a publisher would somehow miraculously show up and want to publish the novel. And guess what? It actually happened. It started, my journey started, with an imagination before I finally moved into action. The key, too, was to let go of any attachment that I had to my dream. Meaning, I had to let go of any of the attachments to how the dream would show up. I couldn't, I couldn't insist that my dream would occur only under a certain set of specific circumstances. But instead, I had to trust. I had to trust that step by step, my path would open up before me that there really is a universe full of abundance and endless possibilities. So I offer you this story to say this. Don't give up, especially if you are in the throes of something, of trying something new. You know, it's been a really tough nine months. We have been living in a time where we can acknowledge that the world has had to face significant challenges. A relentless global pandemic has taken far too many of our loved ones from us. We have not been able to sit down at the dinner table with friends and distant family without the threat of becoming infected or infecting others. Our collective economies around the globe have been impacted and many have become unemployed, wondering how the mortgage, rent, utilities will get paid, or where our next meals will come from. Yet none of that has the ability to diminish the use of our imagination and call forth what does not exist into existence. To try something new that, when you think about it, puts a smile on your face. And I know, for some of you, there is doubt right now. But you have to understand that your doubt is only a pre-programmed social condition that you have bought into for far too long. Isn't it time for you to follow a new path? The only thing that is required from you right now, determine what you want, dream big, and let go of any attachments to how your imagination will become a physical reality. Just go on about your business. Go on about your day. Read, listen to podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Follow, follow people on social media who you want to emulate or who at the very least can offer you the encouragement to keep stepping forward. It also helps if, if every single day when you begin to notice tiny bits of fear creep in, to view the doubt, to view the fear, 
as only information to consider as you skip along your merry way. And finally, allow whatever your inspiration is, whatever you follow, whether it's God, universe, spirit, to rise up and to meet you and carry you along to other places that you could only dream possible. I'll see you along the path. And when I do, I'll wave. Thanks for listening. So what have I learned about myself from sharing this story? What I've learned about myself is really what I've always known. And that is that all of our stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of them, can be the map for someone else. I know that I am unique and that I'm quirky. But my song simply adds to the human chorus. And if you ask me what my my newest, biggest dream is right now, I would probably tell you that it is eventually moving to the ocean, build a home there, and continue to write novels. I wish you well along your journey. Take good care. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.